me every time. Every I mean, time. every. I mean, I don't listen to it because you know we're recording this after that was put in. Uh, but you know, sometimes when I listen back to the podcast, every mm, time, sometimes some, every time, sometimes every time. Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a weekly podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I'm Dylan Murphy, and joined with me as always is. John Gillen? Yeah, good good, good banter there, John. Ooh, I'm working on it. So, John, we are finished class at, as part of our oh, Masters. Sweet, merciful Jesus, thank you. And we have time. We have free time. Back to, well, free time. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I mean, you know, it's still time that we should be devoting to assignments and theses, plural <clears throat> of thesis and whatnot, but it's great. And um, we, we still, apologies, everybody. We were up to our eyeballs last week, so last week's episode was out a few days late, but... That's down to both of us just having too much going on. But that's okay. This will not be the case this week because you are now listening to this hopefully on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Which exactly. is we're not gonna reveal how many days away, but it's 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 soon. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner than we'd like to admit. So folks, we're gonna start off as always with pedal talk. And as opposed to going through a different type of pedal as we have been doing, we're gonna talk about what's the next pedal we're gonna buy. And possibly doing this because we haven't prepared anything else. <laughs> and we literally came up with this about 10 seconds ago. So, Mr. Murphy, I'd like to hear your first selection there. My first selection, which means that there's possibly plural selections. Things I want, John. I'm, I'm a picky man. But only a few. Only a few. But I suppose the next thing I want is a good solo boost. Because I've got my drive down. I've got Maddie's purloined blues driver. <laughs> which I will give back. Or buy off him. We're in, we're in talks. So I was thinking for my negotiations. next... Negotiations. You can right. have it every second weekend? Is every that, second weekend. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the, the, the stepchild. Um, <laughs> the blue distorted stepchild. So yeah, uh, I'm thinking of now getting a good solo boost because I've got a bunch of gigs coming up with uh, Stephen Sharp and by myself. And I've got a few tasty solos in there that mm. I would like up there. So... I was thinking I might bounce some things off you. I'm either thinking of getting the Electroharmonic Soul Food, which is supposed oh, to be like a nice yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, trebly kind of boost, or maybe going for trying to find a cheap tube screamer uh, on adverts for as cheap as I can afford. You know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Those, I, I'm torn between those two. Have you any preferences for boosting solos? What would you use? Um, I do like the RC booster, personally. As oh, I've said yeah. before, that is the one that I have. J- John, I am made of flesh and bone and not money, I'm afraid. <laughs> I actually don't know what the RC booster is running right now. It's, so. Yeah, or I'd love, I'd love... See, the thing is, I'd love the EP booster, which is made by the same mm, brand. Yeah. But I know that if I got that, I'd just keep it on the whole time. Yeah, Because well, it just sounds so, that's, so... That's what I do with the RC booster. Too. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So... Um, Why the RC booster? What could lead to that? I've heard some complaints about the electro harmonics not necessarily being um, as true bypass as they claim. Oh. So even when it's off, it might color your tone a little bit, if that's a concern. Um, but just for the for the uninitiated, and not just me, uh, can you explain what is true bypass? So in 30 true, words or less. <clears throat> true bypass is going to be when you step on that box and you turn it off that the signal is not colored by the pedal, by the circuitry in the pedal. So um, older pedals and sometimes cheaper pedals will still color your tone. It'll still affect the sound um, even when the pedal is off. Uh So true bypass tends to be a concern. Um, 
if you're really focused on what your guitar is going to sound like that the tone the the tone monster that we're always chasing yes i think it was the indiana jones statue that we referenced <laughs> in one of the earlier episodes the tone dragon yes, yes chasing the chasing the tone dragon i like that yeah down in the tone den oh <laughs> more <think> drug <laughs> metaphors pick pick your favorite that's good. Thank you, John. Thank <clears throat> you for that that very informative thing. How about you? What are you, what are um, you looking for? So I'd kind of want a fun chorus pedal. Oh. So now I've said before, I have the Arian chorus, which has some great fun things and kind of like maybe a good SRV tone or some of those classic like warbly 90s sounds. Um, but I kind of have my eyes on the C machine from Earthquaker devices. Oh. So I've said before, I have a couple of Earthquaker pedals and they're fun but they're also like crazy weird so the the c machine anyway has your standard controls things like you know the shape of the wave and the rate and the intensity and all that sort of thing but it's got a couple other things where it has sort of some echo properties to it which can be fun to play around with and get sort of like a slap back feel on your chorus pedal um, as well as kind of some delays that just kind of continue to build as you go and then um, the other thing that's pretty interesting is that it has this hybrid circuitry um, that just gives you a whole lot more control uh, over just kind of the sound and other things like pitch shift that you have in there as well. That sounds pretty so good. It's it's crazy. You should check out some of the videos for it um, because there's just some bonkers sounds you can get out of it. Chorus is one of those pedals that really seems to divide people, but I don't know. There's, it's got a lot of hate, but it depends on how you use it. I yeah, I think so. Um, occasionally for a bit of depth, I think can really create a nice feel. Or if you're looking, if, if you're looking for something that's kind of shoegazer type music, uh, <laughs> Good God. or, you know, ambient, ambient sounds that it, it just, it fills in the space nicely. I think, okay. um, I personally don't use it a whole lot for lead playing. Um, but that's if that's something you prefer then go for it oh my god okay well yeah maybe if, probably not yeah if you're if you're thinking <laughs> like 80s white snake then you know which i always am john <laughs> haven't you seen my leather pants that i'm wearing right now they're snakeskin pants they're yeah, snakeskin pants yeah a lot of snakes died for these pants so we're <laughs> i've seen your david coverdale wig yeah. i know i know here i go again <laughs> so moving on to our main topic today which is something different as opposed to talking about how to improve as a player we're going to talk a little bit about three players each that have influenced us and we haven't ran them by each other so maybe we'll have the same players we definitely won't have the same no <laughs> not not at, all. not at all but I, I do think it sort of plays off what we were talking about last week anyway staying motivated yeah and so for me it always helps to find somebody different to listen to to find a different perspective or a different thing to work on so Absolutely. that's one of the things that helps so i think it's i think it's a good Good segue from last week into this week. Yeah, good segue scooter into into this week. So <laughs> thank you, Paul Blart. Getting <laughs> oh god, <laughs> getting the uh, ball rolling. Who who's your first pick? Oh, you're gonna throw it on me first. Yeah, I am. I'm Turn gonna go. Uh, okay, you could probably guess, but I'm gonna go with Steve Vai. So Steve Vai was my. Um, he was not the first. Why Vai? Why 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 he was not the first person that got me into guitar, but um, one of the first players that showed me, like, this is what you could really do with an instrument. Um, You're referring, of course, to his movie Crossroads, in oh, which he plays yeah. the devil's guitar player. <laughs> and Ralph Macchio's hands. And, yeah, and, 
Was he also Ralph Macchio? Um, the the music that Ralph Macchio played was either him or I think it was was a Buddy Guy. Was that the the other guy uh, in there? Yeah, yeah, could be. So yeah, um, in for instance, in uh, the the duel, yeah, that Eugene's trick bag is Steve I playing. And if you watch carefully, like Macchio's hands are sort of slapping around the fingerboard like sausages, <laughs> just <laughs> jumping up and down the fretboard. Yeah. So <laughs> it's w- insane. What about Vi? That is it that you like? Um, well, the, the song that I picked that kind of stood out to me the first time I heard it was Animal, um, yeah. off of the Passion and Warfare album. And the intro is just huge, and it has this kind of this driving beat. Uh, but one of the things that's kind of cool about it, I thought, was this idea that everything sort of drops out, and he has these tiny little riffs and these tiny little licks where he shows off, and then that big riff from the beginning comes back. Okay. So it's... It's a whole lot of contrast, but with the purpose of kind of showing off a fancy lick, and then it goes away, and then it's back to showing off this fancy lick. The thing is, is like learning it, though, makes it, um, it's one of those things that you can just take a little bit, and you can say, I want to learn how to do that, and you can pull out a lick and go, okay, that's what it is. Um, There's a lot of different arpeggios. There's some tapping riffs in there, all these sorts of things. You can just pick something to learn and take something from it. Juice is really the same way I've talked about how yeah. I was working on that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a main riff, and then he has a little filler thing in between that is a different technique that's worth breaking down and figuring out what he's doing. So, yeah, just fun to pick apart and cool. learn. And yeah, what about yourself? Uh, I okay. So I suppose if we're staying in the shred realm, uh, I. <laughs> My favorite guitar player, well, one of my favorite guitar players for a long time uh, has been uh, Dimebag Daryl. And I am <clears throat> way past, absolutely, way past my uh, grungy <laughs> black hoodie wearing t-shirt, uh, you know, t-shirt with a big corn album on it. Wow. Days. But at the same time, he is the best metal guitar player, in my opinion, just in terms of playing the rhythm. And then the solos, I listened to the live album recently and it's mm. just, it's just ridiculous. And it's just, he makes it seem so effortless. And I think it's w- one thing I really like about his playing is that whenever you listen to a Pantera song, when it's time for the solo, there's no rhythm guitar. It's just yeah. bass and drums. And he just, he doesn't need to fill it out because the solo is enough. So, so very good. It's all dime bag. It is all dime bag. And just the riffing and uh, yeah, you could tell like he grew up in a studio and you can just tell by how fluid his technique is. Um, yeah, I got into Pantera maybe 15 or 16, and just the, I, Kirk Hammett got nothing. I'm dying back. If I pick a song, goodness gracious, um, that solo, I recently tried to pick apart as well the solo from, from Cowboys from Hell, and it's <sighs> just, just the runs. It's insane. It's just, yeah, but it's, it's great. All four fingers, incredible. And the legato, no better. No better legato. Yeah. That's good in, stuff. In the world of metal. Next Men. choice oh, from you. Okay, back to me. All right, so I'm going to keep going with this shred theme. So <laughs> next. Kel Supreme. Yeah, right? So actually, I think the last one might surprise you, but we're not there yet. We're not. So um, I'm going to go with Tosin Abasi. Oh. Yeah. Animals as leaders. Yeah. As leaders. As leaders. I have nothing on that. So anyway, right. yeah, but uh, I, for for me, Animals as Leaders was kind of a big surprise um, just because I was studying a whole bunch of like classical and jazz at the time. I was in my undergrad. And for the uninitiated, can you explain what is Animals as Leaders? Animals as Leaders is 
two guitar players with eight string guitars mm-hmm. and then a, a wicked six ain't drummer. enough y'all yeah it's so they're um they're instrumental um they're usually classified as like gent so um though gent tends to be a massive umbrella so um but a lot of a lot of polyrhythmic stuff they incorporate a lot of different elements and what i was saying was um when i got into them what struck me was i heard all the elements of the stuff that i was working on in the classical and jazz okay just popping up right there exactly in in kind of a a very distinct idiom so it had elements of metal of course but at the same time um progressive metal i guess would probably be a better way to to call it and but at the same time there were these jazz chords there were these moving bass lines like a classical piece and um all of this going on just uh the the finger picking the arpeggios and that sort of thing so it was kind of cool to hear the stuff i was working on but in sort of a new format and something that to me honestly was a little bit more relatable like i said steve Vai was a pretty early influence um and yeah steve Vai talked about jazz he went to berkeley school of music and all that stuff but you pick up less of it i think in his playing yeah um but if you listen to that first record uh, from animals as leaders you can hear a lot more of these elements kind of crossing into Tosin's playing. And the song that I'm probably, that's probably my favorite off of that album would be on Impulse. Great melody, um, intro part. It's, it's kind of this arpeggio thing that sort of slips and slides up the neck. And then um, the solo is just like choice melodic notes. <laughs> it's not necessarily like crazy shred. It's just like, it's a singable melody that you can take with you and you wouldn't necessarily expect when, when people say animals as leaders, everyone thinks of KFO from that album, Yeah, which is just, it opens with this insane barrage of sweet picking. Yeah. And, but this is, this is taking all of those other elements on impulse does and just has this great melodic line right in the middle of it that just rings through the rest of the song. And it's fantastic. So it's good song construction, but incorporates a lot of technical elements as well. So savage. That sounds great. Tosin Abasi. Tosin Abasi. I'm going to go a completely different route for my next one. Good. Um, I'm, I, picking three was hard. We were saying this earlier, picking yeah. three guitar players. But there's, there's, of course, like dozens of guitar players that have influenced us. But, yeah. My next one is because I have played guitar for a very flamboyant uh, frontman, uh, Mick Ronson, uh, from David Bowie's band. Oh, okay. For the first few. Like, David Bowie has had a multitude of amazing guitar players. He's had Nile Rodgers, and he's had... Uh, What's his name from King Crimson? Oh, um, Robert Tripp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He Robert played Tripp. with him for go. a while. Uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, of course. But it all kind of comes back to Mick Ronson. Just for he took all these great pop songs and he was just able to add the perfect amount of lead playing mm. and riffs just to really, really play for the song. I found that when you're playing for other people's songs, you kind of have to pick what's best. And his playing on the first, on the Ziggy Stardust album, as well as Hunky Dory, is just just so tasteful i think the song ziggy stardust um uh just has the perfect lead playing throughout the verses that really Mm. color what the acoustic guitar is doing which is just strumming chords yeah but he just picks the right notes for the song and then i mean moon age daydream he's got that outro which is just les paul wailing into the cosmos and it's, oh, it's it's just it's just so good. So I think for as far as accompanying guitar players go, he's got to be my favorite. 
really really like what he does very cool and your last choice oh my knock me off guard yeah i am i'm gonna go with it's still a really nerdy pick so it was always going to be yeah was there ever any doubt uh i decided to go with barney kessel so a jazz player okay um if you're not familiar with him go ahead and and check it out um but uh there's some great youtube videos of him playing some solos uh that that just are mind meltingly fast Mm. so a lot of people um a lot of the techniques that sort of became popular in the 80s with the shred guitar players the thing that people don't realize is that there were loads of jazz guitar players doing the exact same thing in the 60s so and barney kessel was one of the ones that sort of opened my eyes to that and to be able to see like holy cow (laughs) this is amazing um yeah just the the right hand the left hand speed but the other thing that a lot of these guys could do um was these chord melodies so playing the chords and sticking that melody in the top uh line and being able to see the guitar in more ways than just block chords and then a scalar solo sort of thing. Yeah. Um, now, of course, that's something that's really common in terms of a classical piece, and if you understand what's going on in a classical piece, but um, the thing about a chord melody is it's there is more elements to it that are off the cuff. Um, they're still very carefully arranged mm-hmm. and rehearsed, but... Um, Barney Kessel's Autumn Leaves um, was one that I had to transcribe for a guitar lesson Ah. um, and learned a tremendous amount. And so I definitely uh, appreciate what what he had and what he did as a guitar player and um, made me think about the instrument a little bit differently as well. So kind of changed my concept of how chords work together um, in, in different contexts and what you can substitute and borrow and that sort of thing yeah so yeah cool i i always love hearing what different people do with autumn leaves so it's, it's a, i must check that out it's a really i mean obviously it's a really common one mm. and there's everybody does a version of it so there's always something to to say okay that person does something different but um whether you love the song or hate the song because <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been in a jazz band you've played that song yeah um but it's it's definitely a good tune just as a reference point if yeah else. i mean i don't so. play jazz but i've i've learned it just because i felt like if i had to learn i've learned a few standards and yeah just yeah it was it was good it was very helpful so cool i must check that out see what he does indubitably in, in, indubitably all right now the last one do we need do we have a drum roll we don't we have oh god no uh, that would be that would be un- unnecessary but uh. i have picked be, being the uh, awkward hipster indie kid who is currently rocking a neutral milk hotel t-shirt during this ray, which is guitar sacrilege yes. but um, <laughs> i'm actually going to go with uh, isaac brock from the band modest mouse and uh, now i really liked him as a guitar player because i have a real I have a real thing about three-piece bands and I find that seeing a guitarist's place in a three-piece band, I'm sure you've got like Nirvana and Motorhead and The Police and seeing what all their guitar players do. Mm -hmm. But what Isaac Brock does is he does a lot with very little. He's not a shredder. He's not a... Um, he's not, he can't. He doesn't even like play blues licks or anything like that. He just plays for the song. He comes up with these great songs. Maybe it's just because I like his songwriting a lot, but he is great at using space yeah. between notes. Some of the songs will just go on these massive uh, winding outros with where a note placement is very uh, very important. Kind of like a, a a good Pixies song, but it's it's just it's consistency. And he can write some great riffs. Like he can take a three chord 
like float on is probably the best example of he can just make okay. a really catchy guitar riff um modest mouse live is a very divisive thing because the guitars that he plays notoriously go out of tune very very easily and mm. uh, he has such own. as like like what what does he play i don't know it's like a custom thing like you go onto the guitar sites you know the guitar's website i can't remember what they're called off the top of my head but you go onto their website and it's like uh, the Isaac Brock signature model. We don't really sell many other things. They're basically known for being his guitars, but they're so thin that he's for bends. He just like pushes on the body and gets all these mad sounds out of it. Cool. And I, I, I just like what he does uh, for the in within the indie rock sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's good. I, I I don't. He does. He doesn't do like the straight eight note indie thing. He does his own thing, which I I dig it. Dig it wholesale. So, um, yeah, that's us for our players. Yeah. It's been very informative. Think about who you've been listening to and uh, send them into us. But now we're going to go on to what have we been working on? Um, or what have we been listening to? Well, we could do what we've been listening to. What we've been listening sure. to. Go well, since uh, just kind of in preparation for this talk about who who we would be listening to or who influenced us, uh-huh. um, yeah. I kind of went back and I, I did revisit uh, Passion and Warfare, then from Steve Vai. All so the way back. N- all the, 1990. God. So, yeah. That album is as old as me. <laughs> uh, so, very it's, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so t- lots of interesting riffs off of that thing. He still plays a lot of those, and I think he's doing like a 27 <laughs> year or 30 I don't that know that sounds like something yeah. Steve Vai would do oh, I'm going to pick this really random number yeah. on a tour or maybe he did it a couple of years ago that might have been it anyway Possibly. yeah but just kind of a good album to, to go back and revisit Badass. and yourself I went to see a um, I think it's a they call themselves queer rock and roll band uh, called Power Bottom in Dublin on Monday um, as part of a three or four day uh, drinking session from having finished here. And uh, I got to say, the guitar playing is really, really cool. There's a lot of tapping, a lot of just cool riffs, and it's very 90s influenced. And okay. I hate saying that about bands because I find that very few bands can actually pull off the whole 90s influence thing. Right. But uh, they do it really well. And I'm going to see one of my favorite bands this weekend for the fourth time called And So I Watch You From Afar. Oh. And those guys are just riff yeah. freaks. So really looking forward to seeing them again. So I'm getting, been listening to them a lot again. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, just like when you have song titles like Set Guitars to Kill, you need to, <laughs> you need to back that up with some riffs, which they do. Yeah, absolutely. Unreal. And what have you been working on? Oh, okay. So this last week, and it was actually something from you mentioned something about it, something about legato. I don't remember what it was. Shy boy. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I kind of dug a a few things out and I have this uh, Satriani legato riff that goes up and down all six strings. Um, Yeah, I think it's, I pulled it out of a book ages ago, and I think it's based on something from Not of This Earth, which was like his first album. And uh, it's It's a cocky title, honestly. (laughs) Well, he's also all about the aliens, Yeah, I know, but... It's, yeah, and I, I, maybe he is an alien? I I don't know if he thinks that, but... Kind of looks like an alien. Don't sue us, Joe Satriani. (laughs) We don't have any money. (laughs) Until we get sponsorship. Yes. Casper Casper Mattresses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so anyway, that uh, that sort of legato thing. Um, of course, like Alan Holdsworth, inspiration for that too, if you don't know who Alan Holdsworth is. You see the guy who plays the guitars that don't have any headstocks? 
the Steinbergers. He yeah. did for ages. Um, yeah. I don't know if he still does, but he's really known for his legato riffs, and some of his music is hard to listen to, but um, just an insane player. So if nothing else, you know, YouTube a video of him in a master class just tearing it apart. So... Um, and then uh, the tapping intro to Steve Vai's Building the Church. Oh, I must yeah. That. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Two-handed thing. He's got a little video, too, where he talks about the process of learning that. And I think, uh, I think he hits on some really good points of being patient and taking your time with something. So if Steve Vai is telling you to be patient with a riff and take your time, <laughs> like, yeah, be patient and take your time, even with your own riffs. So... Well, fair play. Well, I've been uh, kind of trying to take all the solos that I wanted to play when I was uh, really young and impatient. And now that I actually have <laughs> some amount of finger skillage, I am taking them on. And they're not the most difficult solos in the world, but they're the ones that I grew up going, oh, oh. if only I could play this. If only I could play this. And now I can. So uh, I've just finished basically learning all of uh, The Unforgiven by Kirk Hammett, the first and Ooh. only ever Kirk Hammett A minor. <laughs> so, <laughs> the rest are an E minor, if you're wondering. All the rest or E flat minor or St. Anger, C sharp, who gives a crap? <laughs> um, it's just tuned down. He still yeah. plays it in the same position. No, there are no solos on that album. It's just, yeah, anyway. And the next one I'm going to try, which I will let you know how it goes next week, is the My Sharona solo. <gasps> which, it's just that so good. It's amazing. It's so good. Like, I honestly think it's up there with, like, Sweet Child of Mine as, like, just a beautifully, perfectly <laughs> constructed solo. I hate Sweet Child of Mine. I know, but you, you're a guitar teacher for the last 10 years. Of course you hate <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine. So I think that's us for today, folks. I think so. Yeah. Well, remember, uh, stay sharp, and we will see you again next week. I've been Dylan Murphy. And I'm John Gillen. Stay sharp, my friends.